This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. And I love that even to this day, Jesus can do in one moment what we couldn't accomplish in our own strength out of 20 years, out of 30 years, out of a whole lifetime. Jesus can accomplish more in one instant of faith than we could ever accomplish in our own ability in one whole lifetime. Do not ever underestimate the power of your faith in God. Because, look, I love how Jesus right here, and we'll talk more about this, but Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And I've gone through the four Gospels time and time again and underlined every spot where Jesus tells somebody, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. I love that because that tells me that Jesus always has the power. There's never a question about if the power is available, but... There's responsibility on our end to build some faith and release it and plug in to the power source. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that uh, they don't want to develop their faith at all. They just want to think that, hey, you know what, I'm going to say a prayer and and hope for something. But there comes a point in time that you're going to have to build your faith and use your faith to receive some answers. And and I guess we would call that personal accountability, personal responsibility. You're never responsible for the power because you don't have the power. <laughs> you know, I know there's an old song, I've got the power. <laughs> Never mind, I will just, you know, forgive me for dancing, but, you know, I know, so maybe you heard that and you're like, hey, I've got the power. Well, I mean, Jesus has got the power and it lives on the inside of you, praise the Lord, but... But you yourself don't have the power. Uh, Jesus is the power, and you're going to have to plug your faith into the power to receive. Amen? And so I want to look at four things here, four things that Bartimaeus did to receive the miracle and cause this to happen. And again, in our lives, we've got to realize that there's God's part. And there's our part to the miracle. There's two parts to it. God's part and our part. Make no mistake, God God can handle his. Never doubt that God, God can handle his. You can count on him. He is well able. And he has got a wonderful track record. He is not a person, so he does not lie, the Bible tells us. So God is, he's got his end covered. But Bartimaeus in this story, there's several important things that he did to make this thing Complete. All right. And so uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into this four things that Bartimaeus did. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you, Lord, so much for your holy written word that we have it right here. And tonight I pray that as we will study your word, that you'll speak to us, Lord, and that we're building our faith right now. You said that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so as we study the Bible, faith is coming tonight, Lord, and our faith is getting stronger. And we thank you, Lord, that whatever our need is, we know that you can handle it, Lord, and we're going to do our part too. We love you and praise you in Jesus name everybody said all right hey getting those amens from the front row that's good stuff <laughs> number one number one what did Bartimaeus do he took action Bartimaeus took action whenever he heard that Jesus was coming by so we're going to look at verse 47 again here verse 47 when Bartimaeus heard That Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, 
son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Jesus is the word, and so he got word that the word, Jesus himself, was coming by. He heard the word. You know what I'm saying? He heard that. Oh, okay, I've heard about this Jesus and he heals people and he restores people and he delivers people and, and he sets people free. And he'd heard all these great things about Jesus, just like you have. You've heard all sorts of great things about Jesus. You've heard the stories of him healing. You've heard the stories of him restoring and, 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 and fixing people and, and, and absolutely changing their lives. You've heard the word and the stories of Jesus, too. But as we know, it's not good enough to just hear the word. It's not good enough to just hear about Jesus. We have got to put some action to the word that we hear. And a very verse that we use a lot, James 1.22. Let's go ahead. You can hold your place here, but you need to be familiar with this. Most of you know this by heart, but James 1.22 is a key to understanding what we need to do. James one twenty two, and I heard Willie George say, if all you ever do is hear the word, you'll be deceived. And at first I was like, wow, that doesn't, you know, that, that rubbed me wrong. Like, why would you say that? But James one twenty two backs up that statement. If all you ever do is hear the word of God and don't do anything about it, you're actually going to be a deceived person. James one twenty two in the New King James says, but be Doers of the word and not hearers only or you're deceiving yourselves. And so there's a lot of people I know. I know deceived people that they they know a decent amount of Bible. They maybe grew up in a church or whatever. And they they have heard the word for years. But the problem is they've never done anything with the word that they've heard. And so at that point, you're really deceiving. You think that you're something. You think that that you're, you know, you've got it together. But until you become a doer of the word, you don't have it together. It's nice to know that the Bible says thou shalt not steal. A lot of people know that. But there's a lot of people that still steal anyway, right? They, they aren't doers of the word in that instance. And so it's nice that they know the Bible says thou shalt not steal. It's nice that they know the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. I know that. I've known that for years. I've known that since I was five years old. That's very good. But until you actually love your neighbor as yourself, that verse isn't going to do you any good. And so there's people that treat other people bad and they're mean and nasty. And, and I know the Bible says to love others. And, if, and But that's fine. But you're deceived. If you only ever hear it, you have to do the word. Be a doer of the word. And what I love about Bartimaeus is, he had, if anybody had an excuse, because I, I've heard some dandy excuses over the years for why people don't want to do the word, why people don't want to go to church, why people don't want to love and forgive, why people don't want to sing praises, why people don't want to be a tither, why people don't want to serve, why people, I've heard some wonderful excuses over the years. But Bartimaeus had a pretty legit excuse, man. This guy was blind. And it doesn't talk about him having any family around helping him. There was, you know, the the government wasn't providing, you know, access to resources. I mean, he really, he did not get dealt a very fair hand in life. And, you know, if you just want to be flat out about it, he had a bad start. And he didn't catch very many breaks from what I can tell. But he did not 
let that stop him from taking action. There was a lot of people that simply heard Jesus was coming to town, but not everybody reached out in faith. Not everybody put some action to it. And so Bartimaeus said, I heard the word that Jesus is coming and I am going to get a hold of Jesus today. Even if I have to make a fool out of myself, even if I've got to scream and be a maniac, I am getting a hold of Jesus Christ today and nobody's stopping me. And so I love about Bartimaeus that he did not make any excuses. He did whatever it took to get a hold of Jesus that day. And and when he did something about the word, it changed his life forever. And I can tell you that in my life and all of your lives, when you've actually done something about the word of God, it's changed your life forever. How many of you have called upon the name of the Lord and you were saved? Well, what happened? First of all, you heard that Jesus is real. You heard that he loves you, that he died on the cross, and he'd forgive you of your sins. There's a lot of people that have heard that. And sadly, they're still going to hell. Because just hearing the gospel isn't the full thing. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. And then you're saved, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You have to call on the name of the Lord. Yes, you got to hear the gospel first of all, but you are going to have to call on the name of the Lord. The preacher can't do it for you. Mama can't do it for you. Grandma can't do it for you. And again, I run into this. And it's a sad thing to see so many people have a very false sense of security when it comes to the things of God. How do you know that you're born again? And I will straight up ask people that. Tell me how you know you're born again. Man, mama, raised, she had me in church every Sunday, man. Mama, grand, my grandma, she prayed every day. That's really good. But what about you? What have you done? They sprinkled me as a baby in the Catholic Church, and I'm not putting down on that, but that gives a lot of people a very false sense of security because that's nice, but you are going to have to make a decision for yourself. It says, choose you this day who you will serve. And so you're going to have to hear the word and do something about it yourself. And, you know, there's a phrase that I heard that there are God has no grandchildren. You're either a son and a daughter or you're not. But you're not going to get it. Eh, I'm going to heaven because my dad was saved. My dad was one of God's kids, so that means I'm getting in there too. There's no grandkids. It's all sons and daughters. Amen. And so you're not getting into heaven based on mama and daddy's faith. You're going to have to choose for yourself and you're going to have to reach the place where you call on God for yourself. But you can't piggyback your way into heaven. And listen, when you're a newborn Christian, I've seen this a lot. A lot of times newbies, the noobs, they get some, they get some blessing and some, some, some answers and some miracles just simply by, man, they, they get in and, and they, they, you know, they piggyback on everyone else and I, they piggyback on everybody else's faith and, 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 and I've seen that a lot, but you reach a place where you start to get a little bit older and God's like, okay, you know, there's a lot of great stuff that's happened. 
I'm going to need you to dig into the word for yourself now. I'm going to need you to start reading the Bible for yourself. I'm going to need you to start trusting me and praying on your own and believing in miracles and believing me for things on your own. You're going to have to start using your own faith at some time. You know, we feed our kids when they're little. We, you know, give them bottles. We nurse them or whatever. And and, and, and that's great for a while. But there comes a point in time where Bubba's going to have to learn to pick up the fork himself and start feeding himself. He's going to have to do it or else he's going to be severely held back in life. And so the same thing in our Christian walk, you get some, you know, you get some good uh, stuff right off the top. But praise God, you got to develop your faith. And I love about Bartimaeus. He made no excuses. He said, I don't care what it takes. I'm getting a hold of Jesus today because he's here. So number one, he took action. Number two, he ignored the haters. Number two, he ignored the haters. And who knows that there's haters out there? They are not, there's, believe it or not, there's people that are not thrilled that you're in church on a Sunday night when you could be out doing something else. There's people that are, you know, the more seriously you take God, it rubs the haters the wrong way. And I found this out. It's not, and in fact, most of the, most of the people that I see getting upset, a lot of the time, a lot of the heat we get, is not from the unsaved world. You know, sometimes it is, but a lot of the heat that I see, especially spirit-filled Pentecostal Christians get, is from other Christians. Well, who do you think you are, man? Over there talking about authority, talking about you can claim it, talking about you can have what you say, talking about using... I mean, listen, my da- in fact, just uh, my dad just two weeks ago was uh, at an appointment somewhere, and somebody was helping him and said, oh, you're a pastor? And uh, and my dad's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a pastor. And and so where's your church? He goes into all this. And so what kind of church are you? We're non-denominational. And, and anyway, so the guy's digging. And you can tell when someone's digging. And, and anyway, and so he's like, my dad's like, you know what? We're like uh, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, uh, faith people. And this guy just tried to light into my dad. My dad. You guys know, pastor, my dad. And this guy's just, you know, oh, then explain this, explain this. And so my dad just starts like bombing him with Bible verse. <laughs> I mean, dad obliterated the guy, just absolutely just shot him to pieces with with the word. And the guy just shut his mouth. But I'm like, you know, I've never had I've, I've never really had an atheist come that hard at me about believing in speaking in tongues. I've never really had, you know, I mean, there's a, we get heat. I, we do. We do. But in this situation, all these people that gathered to hear Jesus, they would have been the religious people of the day. They, they would have been, you know, the Pharisees and then, and all these different people. They gathered around and as Bartimaeus called out to Jesus, they were the ones getting mad. And I would be like, man, this guy's calling out to Jesus. We should all be happy right now. He's at least calling on God. And I'm just telling you, I've seen it again and again. Unfortunately, when you really get passionate about God, not everybody's gonna appreciate it and not everybody's gonna be excited for you. So, Look here at verse 48, back in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. You still with me tonight? So Mark 10, verse 48. As he's shouting out, have mercy on me, son of David. Verse 48. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And I've noticed that. The, the, a lot of times, the passionate 
Christians, the passionate people, are the ones who have had a true, genuine experience with Jesus. You know, it, I mean, if, if you've never really had a great, if you've never really had a genuine experience with Jesus, you're probably not that passionate about it. No wonder, you know, you don't really see the point in coming to church. You don't really see the point in doing these Christian things. But if you have had a born-again Jesus experience, you're passionate about it. You can't help but be passionate about it. If Jesus has touched your life, it changes you. It lights you up, and you're passionate about it. Just like people are passionate about their sports team or passionate about their, you know, rock band or whatever. If you have experienced Jesus, you are passionate about it. You're so crazy you'd come to church on a Sunday night, even after you went once that day already. You're crazy. And people don't understand that, and they're like, I just, I don't get him. He's just, and that's fine, because we don't get you either. Come on, listen, (laughs) don't say that. But, but Bartimaeus, he's had this true experience, or a lot of times it's someone's like, hey, I need a miracle, and I don't care what I look like, I'm going to get a hold of Jesus today. And so, the, the way that I see it, you know, a lot of people, they, they come to the Lord and they're passionate. In fact, um, Jesus referred to this situation. We're not going to turn there, but Mark chapter 4, he's talking about the sower sowing the word. And in verse 17, he talks about the seed that fell on the, the stony ground. And he said, these are people that receive the word with excitement and passion and, and everything at first. But then when persecution arises for the word's sake, they back off and just let go and turn the other way. And so I've seen a lot of people that they start out passionate, but people start giving them heat. People start, you know, man, you, you need to just calm down. All right. You need to you need to chill. And for persecution's sake, they're like, you know what? Maybe I, I don't want I don't want to put up with that. But Bartimaeus wasn't like that. He only shouted louder. I love that. He only shouted louder. And in your life, when people are like, you need to calm down on that faith business. You need to calm down on that church stuff. You need to calm down on this. Only shout louder. No way. I'm not calming down. Jesus was passionate about me. I'm going to be passionate about Jesus. And you know, a story that I share sometimes, but it's kind of humorous. Whenever uh, Jesse Garcia first started coming to the church, you know, he, he was real loud. He, you know, he was real loud and passionate. But there was one lady at the time uh, that she came up to me and mom once service. She's like, I want to invite some friends next week, but this guy over here, he's always just so loud. Could you please tell him to quiet down next week? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of my friends. And we're like, sister, we cannot do that. I, I cannot tell him to quiet down. You know, I can't tell anybody, I'm not going to tell anybody in this church to quiet down because I know what Jesus has done in your lives, okay? I know where we all came from and we're a little bit excited. Even 10, 15 years later, we're still excited about what Jesus did for us. We can't quiet down. Just like Peter and the apostles said in Acts, they're like, hey, you got to quiet down about that Jesus. They're like, we can't. I mean, even if we want it, we can't. We cannot be quiet about the things that he has done for us. And so I'm telling you right now, if you're going to receive what you need from Jesus, 
You have got to take action and be a doer of the word. Don't just sit there and listen. You've got to go to the next step and be a doer of the word. And you're going to have to learn to ignore the haters. You're going to have to learn to ignore the voices and the naysayers and the people that try to come against you. And another thing I love about blind Bartimaeus here is number three. He threw his past behind him. He threw his past. He laid, he laid the past down. He was ready to move on from his past. And I know a lot of people, Jesus is saying, come, hey, come, tell me what you want. And it can be difficult if you have grown accustomed to living a certain way. If you have grown accustomed to sort of having a crutch in life and Jesus is saying, just give me that. I've got something better for you. And it can be difficult when we are called out of our comfort zone. But I'm telling you right now, Christianity, if you're doing it right, you're out of your comfort zone all the time. Jesus is calling you to a higher level day by day by day. And so the things that used to, you know, you used to do or used to get away with, he's saying, you know what, I want you to go ahead and let go of that now. And, and, uh, and, and, and I've got something better for you. Or, you know what, I know that you've been holding off on this. I want you to go ahead and go talk to these people. I want you to go ahead and stretch yourself and go do this. But if you're living the Christian life the right way, there's going to be a lot of stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, when, when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, he's like, hey, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you by walking on the water. And Jesus, once again, was like, OK, come on, Peter, let's do this. And Peter stepped out of the boat. What a step of faith. And we all know that, yeah, he he sunk. You know, once he got his eyes off of Jesus, he sunk. But praise God, he's the second person in recorded human history to actually walk on water. That's pretty sweet. Even if it was. Five steps. That's five more than I've ever done. It's incredible what he did right there. And 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 out of all that, you know, people are like, yeah, well, this and yeah, well, that. But I'm telling you what, I've heard it said this way. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter any day. Eleven guys stayed dry, they, but they were in the boat. They had no story to tell. They had no miracle to take home. But Peter. No matter how brief it was, it doesn't tell us exactly how many steps he took, but praise God, he got out of the boat. He got out of his comfort zone. And so let's look at this verse 50. We're here in Mark 10, verse 50. It says, after Jesus called him, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Now, in in doing this, I know I've explained this before, but. But that coat was not just simply his jacket or his coat that he wore that day because he liked the way it looked. There wasn't a lot of government assistance at the time. They weren't going to send you a check every month. But they would allow you the right to beg if you had a condition like this. And so that coat was his license to beg. That coat was his government clearance to don't run him off. He's allowed to do that. That coat looked a specific way to signify that he's got clearance. He's got a permit to beg. And so as he comes to Jesus, I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow. Conventional wisdom would say now, Bart, hold on. I know you're excited. 
Keep a hold of that coat just in case something doesn't happen when you get up there. Just in case this Jesus thing doesn't work out, you're going to need a plan B. Hold on to the coat, and then if you don't need it, get rid of it. But I love that before he ever saw a thing, before Jesus ever healed him, he threw it away anyway. That's a big step of faith right there to say, you know what? I'm never going to need this again. I'll just get rid of it right now because I am getting ready to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so he was so convinced. He had such a level of faith. That he threw his past. He threw his livelihood. He threw the one thing he had going for him away. And then he ran to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want to see. Help me out here. But he threw his past behind. And there's a lot of people now. They're clinging to their past. And, you know, whatever that that may mean, a lot of things for a lot of different people. Maybe your past is a some people. It's a past of wealth and a past of luxury and and riches and money has always been you everything that you've got. And Jesus is saying, I want you to let loose of some of that and just come over here and follow me. Well, I couldn't let go of that. That's my comfort. That's what I got. Or some people, maybe they cling to the past of the things that have been done to them. Maybe they have a negative past, but they still they don't want to just let it go. They want to cling to that. And as we talked about this morning, kind of cling to their right to stay hurt about things. And you do have that right, but you're never going to be healed, healthy and whole if you want to cling to your brokenness. Jesus is saying, hey, give me that brokenness and I'll make you whole. Yeah, but I'm just kind of used to this. I've been broken all these years now. And, you know, my hurt's kind of a part of the family. We've got mom and dad, the sons, the uncles. And, oh, here's my hurt. We bring it to every family reunion and I uh, lash out at people. (laughs) It's part of the family. No, if you want to be whole, you're going to have to let go of your past, whether it's whatever, whatever that may mean to you. But you're going to have to let go of some things. And I like how Paul put it in Philippians. He said, hey, I am forgetting those things which are behind and looking at what lies ahead. Even Paul said, I'm leaving the past behind. I've got to focus on what lies ahead. And so Bartimaeus really took a step of faith here because he was saying, there's no fallback plan now. Either I get healed or whatever, but I'm going to get healed. And at this point, think about this. I don't know how old he was. Let's say he's 40 years old. He's been blind since birth. He's not going to be able to beg anymore. He's going to have to go out and learn how to work a job. He's going to have to learn a trade. He's going to have to learn how to I don't know what whatever the trades were, be a carpenter. He's going to have to learn how to go dig ditches. He's going to have to learn how to do. He's going to have to. This is going to affect his life in more ways than one, because with healing also comes some responsibilities on our end. Right. There's extra responsibilities now because I'm not broken anymore. I'm not blind anymore. I can't rely on other people. Now I'm going to have to rely on Jesus all the way. But this is just a astronomical life change. He's going to have to learn how to how to make his own bed. He's going to have to learn how to feed himself. There's all sorts of things that this guy's going to have to learn. But he said, it's okay. I I will gladly throw away my broken past and change my life. There's a lot. And when you got saved, there's probably a lot of new things that you had to learn, isn't it? You probably had to. I know a lot of people. You had to clean up your vocabulary. 
You had to wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> you had to clean your words. You had to clean up the things that you watch on TV. You had to clean up how you treat other people. I mean, there's you have been made healed and whole by Jesus. But now that you know the truth, now that you've received that healing, there's some changes that you've got to make, just like Bartimaeus. And for some people, it's too much. I, I get it. I, I, this looks so great. I really get it. I, this, this Christianity, this faith, this church life, I get it. It looks really good, but just flat out, there's some things that I'm just not willing to let go of right now. And hey, you absolutely have that choice, but for everything that you hand over to Jesus, he'll hand you something better back. Amen. If I give up, TV shows that I shouldn't be watching, he'll just replace it with something better. I'm telling you, you need to guard what you watch on TV. You need to guard what you watch on TV. There's some trash on there. There's some nasty on there. And then you wonder, I don't know why I have these lustful thoughts all the time. Uh, genius, I'll tell you why you have those. Because <laughs> you feed it into your brain every day. I wonder why my kids are talking like that. I wonder why. I just don't get it. I'll tell you. You invite it into your house through the TV. Through, well, these days, through the devices, the, you know, your tablets, your phones, whatever. But listen, with healing, just like Bartimaeus, there's some things that you let go of now and you learn a new way of life. You know, you're saved now and I'm going to blow up on him. And, and, and if you're around good Christians, no, I know that's how you used to do it. We don't do that now. There's a better way. Jesus said to handle it this way. And I'm, I'm just, I want you to get that point. Don't lose sight of how powerful of a moment this was for Bartimaeus. He was going to be able to see things now, but it was going to absolutely require a massive change of life. Halfway through life, this is a big, big deal. But it's worth it because even if change, even if uh, the healing requires me stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit, I would rather be an uncomfortable healed and whole person than a, than a, a person headed to hell that's really comfortable on the way there. Because guess what? When I get there, the comfort's gone and it ain't never coming back, right? And so I want Jesus to be allowed to make me healed, healthy, and whole. And I like this in verse 51. He asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. Now, he could have said anything there. Jesus was literally, hey, what do you want me to do? And I will do it for you. What do you want? He could have said, well, I'd really like a bigger cup that could hold more coins. Then I'd be better off. I'd, I'd like it if I could get a closer spot to the road. A lot of the other handicapped people get there before me because they can see and they get a better begging spot. Or I'd like a new coat. This one's old. Or I'd like it if just more people would feel sorry for me. I'd like more, you know, welfare. I'd like more than he could have asked for anything. But he said, Rabbi. I want to see. And Jesus honored his faith. And Jesus will ask you the same thing in 2021 because Jesus didn't change. You realize that, right? We read these and we're like, yeah, man, that was a cool Jesus back then. He's the same guy. What's wrong with you? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. He didn't change. We've changed. People have changed. But Jesus, he's the same. And so the same Jesus that said, blind man, what do you want me to do? He's saying, 
Hey, you, Thomas. Hey, you, Ryland. Hey, you, Maxine. Hey, you, Dave. What is it you want me to do for you? And then you get to ask Jesus, Jesus, I want to be made whole. I, I want this behind me. I want this out of my life. I want to be healed. I want to be whole. And Jesus is like, hey, according to your faith, man, I've got the power. If you've got the faith, I've got the power. Let's hook this up and do this thing, right? And so I love that Bartimaeus, he could have asked for anything. He asked, Rabbi, I want to see. I don't ever want to go back to that old life. I want to be changed. And Jesus did it for him. Amen. And and what he needed was obvious. Everybody there knew what he needed, right? Duh. I mean, he's blind Bart. We've been calling him blind Bart for years. That's his nickname. Everybody knows he's blind. Everybody knows what he needed. But Jesus made him say it and located himself. All right. And then number four, and this is my favorite part about the whole story of Bartimaeus. Number four, he followed Jesus even after he got what he wanted. He followed Jesus even after he got what he wanted. Because I've seen a lot of people, they got what they wanted out of Jesus, and then they were like, thank you, goodbye, and then they just abandoned him. They ghosted him, you know. They, 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 no, no reason, no communication, they just let him, let him go. They walked the other way. And that's a sad thing to see when Jesus came in and healed you, when Jesus stopped and and made time for you, when Jesus restored your life. And then we just don't even follow him after that. And I'm not judging people, but I mean, that's that's just it hurts my heart. And if you love Jesus a lot, that hurts your heart, too. Nobody likes to see somebody that they love taken advantage of. I mean, do you like it if somebody takes advantage of your kids and, and you know, takes their lunch or, the, you know, what? I mean, if you love, it just hurts your heart when someone you really care about, when people just take advantage of them. And, 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 and I see that happen to Jesus so much. And he's so good and merciful and, and, and we love him so much and he's forgiving. And, but it just, it rubs me wrong when I see Jesus absolutely do a miracle for somebody and then, you know, six months later, a year later, they don't even bother coming to his house anymore. They don't even bother saying thank you. They don't even bother themselves to make time for Jesus. It just rubs me wrong. And I don't like that because I love Jesus. And I, you know, I don't have the full revelation of it because nobody does. But but I, I have some understanding of what he did to heal us, of what he did to save us. And I don't want anybody to 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 just take that for granted. So Hebrews 13:5 you can write this down it says for he himself has said i will never leave you nor forsake you Jesus he'll never leave us or forsake us but we need to we need to never leave him and we need to never forsake him and why am i saying that well look at mark 10:52 mark 10:52 and here's where we see how bartimaeus followed jesus even after he got what he wanted and so Jesus, you know, Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Look at this. Instantly, the man could see. And here's that, that sentence. And he followed Jesus down the road. He could have been like so many people we know. Instantly, he could see. Wow, this is great. I can see things. Bye. And just gone the other direction. But no, when somebody's done something like that for you, you want to follow them the rest of your life. 
You want to thank them the rest of your life. You want to give them your all the rest of your life. And I love Bartimaeus so much for this right here, that he followed Jesus even after he got what he wanted. And and again, you know, we're not putting down on anybody, but we need to be able to say, Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He'll keep chasing you down, but he shouldn't have to, honestly, you know, again, not throwing stone. He'll keep chasing you down. He'll leave the 99 to chase the one. Thank God that he'll do that because I've been the one sometimes. But I just wish that it didn't have to always have to keep chasing down the same one all the time. Wouldn't it be nice if we were so thankful and grateful for that miracle that we clung to Jesus for the rest of our life? One last story tonight. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. You still with me? Luke chapter 17. I just have a lot of respect for somebody that Jesus healed them. Jesus did a miracle for them. Jesus changed their life forever and they stick with Jesus. I, I mean, I love that. I don't care if you don't become the next Billy Graham. You don't become, you know, the next famous person in the body of Christ. That's fine. If you would just stick with Jesus, if you would just follow him, man, that there's so much power simply in that one thing. Luke 17 and what we have here is this story called the story of the ten lepers. And we've got ten guys with leprosy that come to Jesus. And they're begging for healing. And, and Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest. And they were instantly healed of their leprosy. They were cleansed as they went. But I want you to pick up the story in verse 15. Luke 17 and verse 15. Ten guys get healed. But verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, wait, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you or your faith has made you whole. Now, out of this story, you know, we share this story. I mean, I preach on this every Thanksgiving. So I know if you've been here, you've heard this story. But it's so important to me that we get this. Jesus healed ten guys of a terrible, fatal condition. Leprosy will kill you in a slow and painful way. He heals ten guys and only one says thank you. And we're like, that's unbelievable. That's Tragic, tragic, tragic. I just, uh, I, I can't believe that. People back then, they were so unthankful. I'm like, people back then, man, come on. They were hitting 10% there, one out of 10. They were, you know, 10%. I don't even know if 10% these days really give thanks to God. And so nine of the guys, they're like, whoa, I, I'm, I'm better. And they just take off, don't even say thank you. And the one guy comes back and says, Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. He's bowing down. He's thanking Jesus. And we're like, oh, he's Jesus. He's tough. He probably doesn't even notice. Apparently, Jesus notices who is thankful and who is not thankful. I mean, seriously. And and it's sad if he doesn't hear from us again until the next time we need a miracle. Because 
apparently he takes note. Um, you know, we know he has no favorites. He's no respecter of persons, as Peter found out in the book of Acts. But at the same time, he does notice who gives thanks and who doesn't give thanks. And I would reckon to say that the next go around, you're a lot more likely to get some blessings if you were thankful for the first round. I know, I mean, I'm I'm more willing and apt to bless my kids if they were thankful for the last thing I did for them. But after a while, I just I don't like to just constantly hear, gimme, 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 I want, I want, I want, do, 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 do this for me. And you never even said thank you for the last ten things? And we're like, well, he doesn't notice. Jesus notices, because I repeat yet again, this is not a different Jesus than the one that's alive right now. Same Jesus in 2021. If Jesus noticed who was thankful and who wasn't thankful back then, he notices today who's thankful and who's not thankful. And he takes note of it, apparently. And so I encourage us and I challenge us tonight that stick with Jesus even after you get what you want out of him. Don't be a user. Don't let's let him be your sugar daddy. And hey, I need something. Let me go get my Jesus hit. Let me go. Let me go get my Jesus fixed. Come on. I need something right now. I need me a little more money. Don't be like that. Come on. Treat him better than that. He deserves better than that. I know we can never repay him for what he's done to us. I know that. I get that. But man, let's show him we love him. Let's show him that we're thankful. And just like Bartimaeus, after you get that miracle, after you get that breakthrough, don't just split. Follow him down the road, just like Bartimaeus did. And listen, I'll bet Bartimaeus, we don't have much more on him than that, but I'll bet that he was a walking testimony for Jesus for the rest of his life. I'll bet that he loved Jesus and he stayed thankful to Jesus forever. I'm just, I'm, I'm just betting that he did. But I encourage you tonight, be like Bartimaeus. We can learn a lot from these guys that there's just not that much about, but take action. Don't just hear the word. Do the word and ignore it when people are telling you, hey, knock it off. Ignore the haters. Amen. You got to ignore them. And and you have got to stick with Jesus even after you get what you want. And you got to throw that past behind you. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We will end right there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 